0: What can I even say after that episode? My heart's in pieces after some stunning work from Max in conveying Ben's raw vulnerability. Kira gets all the rights, Lewis gets none, and it's time for Kathy to step up after some of those comments she made. Warning for some discussion of rape and sexual assault in this post. It's a new day, sun streaming into the arches, and the back door of the golf is kicked open to reveal Ben in the back seat, having stayed there all night. It doesn't look like he was particularly comfortable but then again, we know that at the moment he doesn't think he particularly deserves comfort. He spots his phone ringing in the footwell with a call from Kathy, but he doesn't go to answer it. And then we cut to Kathy, leaving him a voicemail to express her concerns, and I like that she added a love you at the end, because God knows that boy needs some love. Sitting at the table with Bobby, she hopes that Ben hasn't gone on a bender, and when Bobby mentions his own reaction to breaking up with Dana, she points out that it's not quite the same it wasn't a marriage. Plus she's still employing Lewis, who broke them up. Bobby suggests that she simply don't, considering she's the boss, which is a simple idea but gets Kathy considering it. We see Peter deciding to get out of the house to return to the restaurant, and Kathy gives her support but it's a bit half-hearted as she's checking her phone to see if anything's come through from Ben. When Peter's gone, Bobby tells Kathy that he thinks Ben will get over it like Kathy said he would regarding Dana which is flawed to begin with because it turns out Bobby isn't over Dana, and as we know, Ben's not just going to get over what's happened to him. Back at the arches, Ben's still sitting in the car, unable to move. Moving requires effort and mental energy that Ben has completely exhausted at this point. But when he hears the door of the garage banging and his name being called by over-familiar Dave, he's startled and he scrambles further into the car as if to hide. The door is locked anyway, but the car is an extra layer of armor just in case, I guess. He's relieved when he hears Jay outside offering to give him the money instead, which Dave eventually accepts, but comments about Ben being a total weirdo. Ben's just waiting for them to go away, hand on his chest again like he's fighting another panic attack, and as Jay leans in to hear whether Ben is actually there, Ben tries to keep quiet, fingers flexing over his knee and breathing labored. Jay must end up leaving. As we come back to Ben, back to sitting in the car like he was earlier. I don't know if he plans on moving at all, the arches is quiet and no one can confront him here, except for Kirit, his business partner, who soon opens up the door with his key while Ben launches into defense mode, grabbing a spanner to hide behind the car with. He scares the life out of Kirit when he eventually moves round to the back of the car and spots him, but the first thing Kirit asks is if he's okay, because Ben sure doesn't look it. He wonders where Dave is. And Ben simply says it didn't work out with him, not going into detail. Kirat wonders if Ben is sick, clearly thinking back to the medication he saw Ben with and putting it together with the way Ben is acting right now. Although he's not quite on the money, it's still closer than anyone else has come to figuring out that something's seriously wrong with Ben. Ben denies that he's sick and tells Kirat defensively that he doesn't have to tell him anything. Kirat keeps trying, asking if there's anything he can do, even if Ben won't tell him what the problem is. Ben says no, and then again when Kirat asks if there's anything he can help with. Like most of Ben's words recently, the no's sound sad and resigned, and in this case leave no room for argument. The only thing Kirat can think to do is suggest Ben take some time off like they talked about, holding out his hand for the spanner like Ben is a frightened animal. Ben does give the spanner to him in apparent agreement, but very quickly as he rushes out. Taking on Bobby's words about being the boss, Kathy arrives at the Albert just as Lewis has put on some music to dance to as he presumably opens up. It's sickening, seeing that carefree attitude knowing what he's done. There's even a jaunty rapport with Kathy, whose son he raped. And of course, this is the persona he's put on in order to seem like the sort of guy who wouldn't do such a thing. Kathy asks for a word and informs him that she has to let him go because the business isn't doing well. However, Lewis doesn't buy that and accuses her of trying to fire him because he had sex with her son, which would mean automatic unfair dismissal and points out to her that there are employment laws to protect him. He's got it all worked out. And he brings up Ben's messages again to prove that he did all the running, wanting to show Kathy before she declines. He's checking anything he can think of at Kathy, the threat of the employment laws, the proof that he was the one being pursued by Ben, his good credentials behind the bar, the joke that he won't sleep with anyone else in the family, though might make an exception for Peter. It's a lot, and instead of having Louis meekly leave like Kathy was probably expecting, instead she finds herself having to give him a warning instead, not to go near Ben. If she hadn't seen his red flag behavior before, she's certainly seen it now. When Kathy's back at the cafe, Kirit approaches her to have a private word about his worries for Ben, informing her that he locked himself in the arches and about the medication and how he thinks something's not right with him and it goes beyond just the breakup with Callum. I think his hesitation over whether telling Kathy is the right thing to do is quite sweet, like he's afraid to break Ben's trust by sharing his concerns with his mum. But he couldn't just stand by either, and for that we have to stand. Turns out he didn't catch what the medication was for, but mentions Ben shutting himself away from everyone, and that he probably didn't tell Kathy because he didn't want to worry her. Kathy assures Kirit that telling her was the right thing to do, and thanks him for doing so. It just adds to her own suspicions that something is very wrong with Ben. In the Vic, Callum approaches the bar for a pint, even though he catches sight of Lewis and does a little shake of his head. Shirley serves him and we get a nice little interaction between them, with Callum bringing up the fact that he heard about Linda's accident through the police radio and asking if she's going to be okay. Shirley is rather uncharacteristically soft with him, admitting that they're still waiting for news, and in response to Callum's concern gives him the logger on the house. As he makes his way to sit down, Lewis is getting up to approach him. Callum is not in the mood to give him the time of day, especially after Lewis accosted him the previous day in the Albert. He's short with him, responding to Lewis mentioning reporting his attack with a sarcastic piece of advice on how to do that, just walk into the station and report it, it's not hard. But Lewis makes to turn away throwing a comment Callum's way about how his lot wonder why people don't report stuff. It's just the right thing to say to get Callum calling him back over, and he knows it. He's playing into the whole thing with Ben and the fact that he turned to vigilante justice when the traditional justice system let him down. And Lewis knows how strongly Callum disapproved of Ben taking matters into his own hands, that he would feel compelled to defend the work of the police, especially being their LGBT rep. Coming back over, Lewis makes out that he could do with talking over the process with someone, mentioning how he's heard that the police don't take this sort of thing seriously, baiting Callum into defending them, referring to the force as we, slipping into cop mode, then being caught short when Lewis brings up Callum's own attack where the police still haven't caught who did it despite Callum reporting it. Lewis sees that weakness and targets it, telling Callum it would really help if they could go over it together. Having already fallen into the trap of speaking as the police— All Callum can do is reluctantly agree. He's such a snake, is Lewis. It's like he's drawn to people who are hostile to him, sees them as a challenge. Or he spots a vulnerability and exploits it in an attempt at power play. As has been said before, he's incredibly perceptive and uses what he observes as leverage, or to inform how he's going to act around someone in order to get what he wants. In our last scene, Ben finally returns to the Beale house. I think he's hoping that no one else is home but his heart sinks when he hears Kathy calling his name. As if anticipating more grief, he leans on the sink counter, hands curling around the basin as Kathy reveals that Kiritz told her about the medication. His fingers are flexing, a bit like they were when Ben was sitting in the car waiting for Jay to go away. At Kathy asking what's wrong with him and why he hasn't told her, Ben looks up, tears in his eyes that he tries to keep at bay as he tells her that he got chlamydia off Lewis, not exactly something he wanted to tell her. I don't know if he was just too tired to brush it off, or whether he thought telling her would disgust her and make her leave him alone. Her actually response about it being good that he's at least taking something for it makes him scoff, possibly at the idea that it's all he has to worry about when in reality it doesn't come close. He hopes that they're done with the conversation, and he moves into the living room, but Kathy follows and mentions Kirit also telling her that Ben had locked himself in the garage. Ben makes a comment on Kirit saying a lot of things, But there's no heat in it, and he soon explains that he just wanted some peace and quiet. Something he's not exactly getting at the moment. Kathy reckons that as long as he's alright, even though none of this points to Ben being alright, even down to the state of him standing in front of her. The makeup department had their work cut out with those dark circles under his eyes. Kathy then starts bending about Louis, how she tried to fire him earlier but that he pushed back about unfair dismissal. Ben asks why she wants him gone the emphasis there implying that he wants him gone. And I don't know if there was maybe a bit of hope there that somehow Kathy knew what had happened, but from her response, talking about not understanding him again, he realizes she doesn't, and he sinks into the dining chair. He sits and listens to Kathy talk about how he threw the amazing thing he had with Callum away for a quick bunk up, even going on to ask if it was more than just a one-off, if he was seeing him behind Callum's back. It's a bit like Jay asking Ben if he's fallen for Lewis, just trying to understand why he'd jeopardize his marriage for something so meaningless. And like he said to Jay when he saw Ben looking at the app, he asks if Kathy really thinks he'd do that. She responds that she didn't think he'd cheat on Callum but he has. This isn't the peace and quiet that Ben was looking for, and he's finding it harder than ever to take these accusations when he really needs support. Ben raises a hand to his face, finger pressing into his temple, and it's shaking like a leaf as Kathy goes into some more of her allyship routine about how she used to challenge people saying monogamy in gay relationships wasn't possible, but now maybe they're right. I guess her angle is that if Ben can't be monogamous with Callum then how can such thing exist, but I did wince at that part. She continues to talk at him, telling him he needs to sort himself out because he's not a kid anymore. Ben looks like a pressure cooker, shaking more violently, teeth gritted and tears falling. It hurts when Kathy talks about Ben being selfish and telling him to think of other people for a change, because that's what he's been doing since that night. Thinking of Callum and getting home to his family led to his assault, and he was thinking of Callum when he was forcing himself to be friendly to Lewis, thinking of everyone around him by not admitting the truth of what happened to him because it's easier for them to think it was just typical self-destructive then. And not only does he not get recognition for that, but he has to listen to Kathy absolve Lewis of blame, just like Callum did, only this time it's too much on top of everything else that's been festering for weeks now. So when Kathy says that the only person to blame is Ben, he explodes, making her jump in shock. That first shut-up is full of rage, but then it leaves this emotion leaking out of Ben as his second shut-up is high-pitched, pained and desperate. I can't take the credit for this analogy as it came from RTE Guide, but they describe this scene as Kathy lancing a festering wound, and it turns out that was the perfect way of describing this moment. There was a sudden burst of pressure and now Ben's pain is just bleeding out of him. And he's never sounded more childlike. He tells Kathy she doesn't know what she's talking about, and he keeps his hand outstretched from his outburst, like a form of protection almost. The comment confuses and scares Kathy, who goes to sit down and tries to reach out to Ben to understand what he means. At first, she's wondering if the problem is that Ben didn't actually have sex with Louis, meaning that they mutually didn't have sex. But while Ben shakes his head and says no, gasping for air and reaching to fiddle with his collar, he goes on to clarify that Lewis had sex with him. And it's gut-wrenching to hear it put that way, emphasizing how used and worthless Ben was made to feel but using that sort of phrasing, in that way, makes him sound about five years old, confused and vulnerable. Kathy processes those words and you can see the moment she realizes what Ben might be saying, and tries to reach out to him again, but Ben's pain is visibly causing her pain too, especially when Ben goes on to say that he didn't want to. He didn't want to have sex with Lewis, but Lewis went ahead and took what he wanted anyway. Kathy says the words for him, that Lewis raped him. Finally, someone knows and Ben can finally get some comfort and reassurance. Ben gets the duff-duff, that release that Max talked about in his interviews finally surfacing. It's a treat to have so much Ben and Kathy content, and Max and Jillian are certainly delivering those performances.